information that you need. No matter if you're building, buying, or designing your next project, we got you covered here at the Home Building Hero. Today's topic is trends from a millennial's perspective. And I'm in studio here today with Katie Salinas from Bellman Homes. Hello. Welcome <laughs> back to the studio. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. I've been excited for this. Yeah. And uh, you are great for this particular podcast because you, you hit two things. One is, you know, you're a millennial, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, not that we can't find millennials out there, <laughs> but uh, you also are uh, interior designer by trade. And you, you're very good at kind of spotting out new things coming out in the industry and you have a different perspective. We know millennial buyers kind of do things a little differently. They think about things differently. Mm -hmm. They look at home ownership and, and, and everything related to home a little differently than people. So I thought, why not, instead of me talking about it and saying, hey, this is what I think millennials like, let's, mm -hmm. let, let's talk to you about it. Now, I understand that you recently just purchased a home, right? I did, yes. It was, it was a crazy experience, but it was really fun. Um, I was my own realtor, which was, it was a blessing and a curse because yep. I couldn't really get someone else's opinion right when I needed it, but I could always, I mean, I texted you a couple sure, times yeah. and a few people from Bellman Homes office and they gave me a lot of direction, which was really, really nice, but uh, I did. It's been fun. It's been a, like I said, a crazy journey, yep. but every day brings something new as I'm sure other homeowners know. And I, every time I complete something, I'm like, oh, I just completed it. I can rest now. And then I sit, <laughs> There's on, my, no rest. You're a homeowner yeah, now. <laughs> I sit on my couch and I look up and I'm like, oh, now I, I got to do this. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, you got, you got a big honey to do list. Yeah, it's <laughs> a never ending fun journey. Yep. So I'm loving it so far. That's awesome. So what was, um, what was your biggest challenge for you personally when you bought your home? What was the biggest hurdle that you think you had to get over? Um, I think the biggest hurdle was definitely, um, thinking that it was going to go a certain way oh, and sure. then having to go through some hurdles that I was not expecting. Okay. Yep. Um, so for example, was it an emotional, emotional roller coaster for you? A it little was. Bit? Yeah. yeah well, okay. I'm, I mean, I'm pretty emotional. I wear my heart on my sleeve. Sure. So, yeah. uh, when I was feeling something, I mean, I definitely yeah. was stressed when I was stressed and sure. happy when I was happy. Um, but getting over certain things that I didn't, wasn't expecting that were coming and, sure. um, for example, I was working with one lender at first that I thought was going to be a really good fit for me. Sure. Um, and then after a few weeks, I just decided that, you know, I, I really want this journey to be the best for that lender and me. And I'm very upfront and honest with everyone. And I just kind of said like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to work with another lender. I'm sure. sorry. But um, she totally understood and it, it was great. But that was kind of something that I was not expecting. Yep. To yeah. Yeah. You never... You can never see things go exactly as planned. When exactly. when you're buying a house, you're building a house, you have to be able to adapt and understand mm -hmm. that things are going to change and exactly. they're not always going to be, um, you know, the way that you expect them to go. But mm -hmm. how do you, how did you feel that now being a home buyer, how has that helped you in your career? Like, what what have you learned from that that you're going to be able to take in uh, when you're helping people buy homes? Yeah. Well, the first thing is that I mean a lot of things about the air conditioning and the furnace as a millennial I didn't really know a lot about that um, I didn't know how to tune up a furnace or what that sure. even meant yep. uh, so when I was walking around with my inspector my home inspector he was pointing things out to me like what a um, hot water heater is and where should it be located and what noises it should be making, sure. what noises it should not be making and so I think moving forward when I have customers who ask me questions about furnace location and 
what's the best area for a water softener and um, things like that. It's it's going to be way more helpful because now that I live in a house, I there are some things that I wish would be moved to a certain sure. direction yep. or location. Yep. Yeah, can, now that you've lived in it, you can kind of see it and say, hey, exactly. this this maybe you wouldn't have seen that looking at a piece of paper, but now that you've lived in it, you said, yeah, you know, you don't want this right here because this thing makes a lot of noise and exactly. it's right where you're sitting, on, you know, below where you're sitting. So, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I totally get it. That That's what's so neat about it is being able to kind of grow through that process and then be able to now use it in your career, which I think is pretty exciting. Well, and it's so fun too because I ask all of my customers who, I mean, usually people are already living in a home and then they build a the ne their next home with us um, but I always ask them like hey any you know homeowner tips that like what are some things that you wish you would have known as a first time oh home sure buyer? yeah and so they've given me also a lot of information and tips and tricks and it was um, very helpful that's a good so. experience <laughs> yeah. that's awesome so shifting gears a little bit um, kind of from the design perspective and being a millennial home buyer um, what what do you see coming up what do you see as you know, especially for younger buyers, what do they really want? What 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 excites you the most about new homes, and, and what what kind of trends or styles or things do you do you see out there that really sure trip well, your trigger? I I love open concept. I mean, I love being able to cook in my kitchen while I can watch TV with my family and I can talk to my parents, um, and I'm not in. There's not a wall separating. Sure. So not only does that create a better atmosphere in the house, but it's just an overall better design, in my opinion. Um, which is funny because my mother, uh, who is a Gen X, yep. she does not like open concept. Okay. She yep. cannot stand it. She, if she walks <laughs> she, into a house, she doesn't like your house. Huh? <laughs> she, does, she does not like. It. Well, my, I mean, my home is older. It's sure. a little open concept. Yep. It's not as closed off as some of my friends' homes, but sure. Yeah, she she likes the wall separation. She likes having a formal dining area. She sure. likes the kitchen being a kitchen. She likes the living room being a living room. So that was one of the uh, one of the funnier things to kind yep. of talk to you about my with my mom. Yep. Well, and so I think what you're kind of saying too is like flexible living is important, yes. you know, where you don't necessarily have to have a defined mm -hmm. space for everything. Things kind of flow yeah. because I think the older generation, they're used to everything being tethered. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, if you have your computer, it's a desktop and it's hooked up, yeah. you know, it's got to be hooked up to the wall and mm -hmm. it, it, this is the space for it and that's yeah. it. And now Whereas, that everything's portable. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're on your laptop and on mm -hmm. your phone and you can, you can check your email wherever you want, mm -hmm. you know an open concept house works better yeah. for that because you can just kind of, hey, I feel like sitting on the, mm -hmm. the, the porch right now mm -hmm. and reading reading my email. You can do that, right? Yeah. Or you want to be in the family room exactly. with the TV on, you can do that. So, you know, I think that's one of the shifts that we see with millennial buyers a lot is that Definitely. they... The open concept. Yeah, they want the flexibility mm -hmm. and, um, you know, what, what, what you need now versus what you need in a few years from now is going to mm -hmm. change. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even um, maybe one of the bedrooms, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, how that works with you if you you've got a bedroom that you can change over or um, have the ability to, to make it something different yes. as your family grows or things like that yeah definitely well in one of the bedrooms in my house actually the seller took out the closet so there was a little indent in the room where two doors would open up into this little niche and uh, they completely removed the door so now it's just this open space sure and as much as a closet would be nice, um, I'm thinking about putting built-ins in there now oh, or like sure. some yep. floating shelving. And it still houses a bunch of storage. The storage just looks different. Yeah. 
So um, it's a great way to keep up with um, having like a beautiful home and doing small things like that where it still functions as a closet, but it it almost forces you to be more like organized too. (laughs) Um, I know I have one cabinet in my kitchen that's got a glass door on it and I, re- I well, I regret because my my wife just <laughs> fills it with stuff, and I keep looking at it going, kind of thing's a mess, but I, I can't touch it, so she doesn't let me touch mm-hmm. it. But I'm like, I wish that was a solid cabinet. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you have to have the discipline to keep exactly. it keep it really organized. Exactly. Same with floating shelves in kitchens. I'm a huge fan of floating shelves. Yep, and that's and that's a big trend right now. It's a yeah. huge trend, yeah. and it's it's funny because I have some friends who are also millennials who do not like floating shelves oh, because sure. they yeah. don't want, you know, they don't for lack of a better term, they don't want their dirty laundry out yep. in the open. Sure, yeah. Um, they don't want to have to keep these bowls and glasses clean at all times. But for me, it's it's a way to um, really get creative with how you decorate your home. Absolutely. And what you put on those floating shelves is a lot about you and your style. And it's... When it kind of breaks up the wall, like if you've got a long, flat wall, and yeah, yeah you can put a picture on it or something, but all of a sudden you have mm-hmm. a couple different shelves and they've got different pieces on it. That, mm-hmm. that can be very interesting. Mm-hmm. It adds depth it adds texture you know you can really put a lot of design elements into things like that and from the design i mean what i really love doing is if you are going to put floating shelves in let's say you have you know white cabinets or i'm not really sure what you have in your home but to find floating shelves that has the same stain as your wood floor yeah you can bring that now up into your cabinetry and it completely ties the whole space together well and one thing i think we're seeing too is you know a lot of people are you know, especially with new homes and things that they're buying, there there isn't as much wood in the home as there used to mm-hmm. be, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we're seeing a lot of the, the grays and the whites, the white painted woodwork or, yeah. you know, a lot of gray. But then the the result of that is it can be kind of cold and there isn't mm-hmm. that that sort of anchor of reality or that, mm-hmm. that natural wood. So that's where you want to start to put those wood accents in, yes. you know, and have either a really nice wood table that mm-hmm. then it really pops, right? Yes, Or, definitely. you know. We're in the podcast room here, and it's kind of gray and white, but then there's a wood table in here, and it, it really just sticks it out. It brings warmth in. Yep. Because, uh, I mean, as much as people like white and gray, which I lo- do love white and gray, um, it does have a certain cold element to sure. it. And I think that a lot of times, older generations, that's the reason they don't like it. So a little backstory. It's really funny because um, I run the Bellman Instagram, as yep. you know. And the name, if you guys want to follow, it's at Bellman Homes. Thanks for the plug, by the way. I appreciate that. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Um, But I do, I love doing polls because I love to see where our audience stands and what what trends are in and out. So I post sometimes two pictures. One is of stained cabinetry and the other one is of painted white woodwork. And I say, hey, between these two, which one do you like? And like 98% of our audience says that they love the white painted while it's 2% say they prefer stain. Well, Haley, who's yep. our lead marketing coordinator, yep. she runs the, the Bellman Facebook. Yep. And she did the same poll and it was complete opposite. I mean, it's I, crazy. It, it was like 80% of stained the would, Facebook loved yeah. stained and the remaining 20% loved yep. white painted. So it's kind of fun to see which, which age group are you. Yeah. You well, know, different audiences which, and yeah, they have different, products that appeal to them and so what you know maybe a younger millennial buyer wants versus Mm -hmm. an older buyer Mm -hmm. are very different things yes and so you have to be you know you really have to understand who your audience is going to be for your home Mm -hmm. and and what you're going to put into it exactly so in your home 
if there's one thing you could change in it right now, what what would it be? What would you want to change out? Ooh, uh, um, okay. So my house does not have a basement. Okay. Um, and I I'm completely okay with that because it has a ton of storage. It has a a nice big garage. I have a shed in the backyard. Um, I also have a nice big attic. But one of the great things, where can I store my car? <laughs> I know. <laughs> one of the things that I would change. Um, that is not cosmetic that I couldn't do myself is the furnace because it is not a basement. Oh sure, yeah. It's right in the middle of the home. Oh okay. And it, it has a door in front of it so I can close it and I wanna put soundproofing oh, sure. behind the door. Um but it's like I said, it's right in the middle of the home. So sure. when I'm trying to sleep and it turns on it's like, like more noticeable. clicking noise oh, and then sure. it's running. And then when I'm in my living room, I can still hear it when it sure. comes on. Okay. So, yeah. Um, unfortunately, I've turned my heating down to like 62 at night <laughs> just so it doesn't run. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> and I turn on my heating the, blanket. Yeah, I get a lot of blankets out there. Yep. <laughs> it's just so I don't have to hear it. And I, mean, I thought you were going to be like, oh, I'm going to get rid of these old cabinets or something. I no, wasn't expecting that. Yeah. So, it, okay. Well, I mean, my cabinets are, they're really, really nice. Uh, they're stained. Okay. But I plan on painting them white eventually. Okay. Um, you know, meet a millennial. Sure. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but it, my house is also smaller. Sure. So um, a big design tip that I always tell people is if you have a room that's smaller or a smaller house, um, it doesn't have to feel small. It could just be the finishes in the home. So sure. because it's a darker stain, me painting the cabinets white is going to completely make the space feel bright and airy Absolutely, yeah. and much bigger. Um, Sometimes then, that you don't necessarily have to remodel the whole house. Sometimes just some it's paint. It's just a or, coat of paint. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or a minor thing can really change the, the look or the feel of a home. Exactly. Um, and it's something, I mean, you don't have to have someone, you don't have to spend thousands of dollars on painting your, sure. your woodwork. Um, I just bought some primer and some sandpaper yep. and I sanded everything down. Elbow grease, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, the, the best thing that you could put into your home is sweat equity, yep. true Ab sweat equity. Absolutely, especially so. when you're younger and you're just starting out and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a lot of times there's houses on the market mm -hmm. that might work well for somebody and you gotta be able to look beyond mm -hmm. kind of what's in there. You gotta look beyond maybe the oak woodwork or, right. you know, the you know the vinyl floor that was in there mm -hmm. or the, the Formica countertop that, mm -hmm you know, is out of style because mm -hmm. you can change that. Right. And it might be a nice house, a good floor plan, mm -hmm. but it just needs a, a few updates. Yeah, you and you have to see the potential. Yeah. Um, but yeah, DIYing is such, I mean, it's huge right now. I think the more that people can do themselves, the better. So where, for you, where do you get your inspiration from for, for home design and and, and ideas for your home? Where, where are you going to find that? I use Instagram every day, all day. Um, there are a bunch of pages that I follow of people's homes who, I mean, they're huge, like 4,000 square foot homes. And my, you know, little home that's barely over 800 square feet, that doesn't mean that I can't make my home feel like theirs. Sure. Yep. You can draw so, inspiration from yeah, anywhere. Yeah, exactly. So I use Instagram. You just got to tell the customers that they can't just bring the, the photo in from a 8,000 square foot house and expect it to be right. done for $30,000. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of the things that I tell customers all the time who are coming in to meet with me or Emily, our, yeah. our interior designer, is um, if you're going to bring pictures, don't just put the pictures down on the table and say, I like this. Yeah. I always try Make and this. pull more. <laughs> yeah, I always try and pull more and like, okay, well, out of this image, what do you like from this? Yep. Is it the, do you like the blue cabinets or were you do you like this image because of the floors? Sure. Or, um, yeah, because there's so many details in it, you could end up going the wrong mm -hmm. direction mm -hmm. on it and you, know, you don't end up with 
what you want. Yeah, and I think yeah. when you're looking at um, interior design <laughs> pictures, it's really nice to have a goal in mind. So if one day I'm looking how to um, decorate my fireplace, when I'm looking on Instagram, I'm looking at pictures of fireplaces and how they're being decorated. I'm not trying to look at like overall like, oh, I want to look at fireplaces and sure. couches and all that stuff. So to have a goal at what you're looking for is really going to help you sure. in your design side. Yeah, and if you can present ideas to somebody when you're building a house, and you, you, it, we don't mind as a builder having pictures. Mm -hmm. um, the customer just has to understand that you can never really make it look exactly like a picture right. because it's not the same space. Mm -hmm. It's you know, it could be from a different mm -hmm. part of the, the country mm -hmm. where you can't even get that material or something mm -hmm. like that. So mm -hmm. you, it's a great starting point that you can build off of and work towards, mm -hmm. but you, you never can really get something exactly mm -hmm. off a picture. And a picture isn't really a contract right. either with a, with a builder. Mm -hmm. You know, you still have to work through the details of, well, what exactly, what product are we going to put in? How are we going to make this exactly. work? Um, I know we had a, a client a few years ago that said they wanted us to build this like this picture and they're like well the picture isn't your contract mm -hmm. and that was hard for them to get over it's like well i sent you that picture i'm like i understand that we we picked the product sure. then that closely matched that but mm -hmm. we don't build it per the picture mm -hmm. you know we build it per a blueprint yeah and so i think sometimes that's always challenging for people mm -hmm. um you know it's not like a copy machine where you just throw it in there and you get the image well and it is challenging because they fall in love with this picture and then they try and put it into their own home but I always try and twist it around and say, like, you don't want what someone else has. Like, let's yeah. let's make it your own. Make yeah. it your own. Yeah. So um, I always tell people, let's make it your own. And I try and twist it because one day someone is going to look at your home and they're going to do the exact same thing. They're going to say, well, I want what that person has. And it's like, well, you know, no, like, let's let's make it yourself. So you you're going to be inspiration for someone else one day. Sure. Absolutely. But if the inspiration is is repeated over and over again somewhere that inspiration is just going to stop um so i like to tell my customers that absolutely yeah that's good advice so speaking of good advice um for for people getting into the market millennial buyers especially what's what's some advice that you can give them if they're looking at buying their first mm -hmm. home what what advice can you give them now that you've been through the process sure well one of the things that i didn't know i was always told to save 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 so I had saved a bunch of money. I had a lot of money sitting in my bank account. Um, and then when I went to go talk to my lender, she said, well, you have you know, a great savings account, but I mean, my credit score was really, really good. But sure. she said, I'd like to get it even higher. And I said, oh, okay. So make sure that your credit score is there. Sure. I mean, that's, okay. that's really, really important because it's going to get you better rates. Sure. It's going to make the process way, way easier. So you can have hundreds of thousands of dollars sitting in your bank account, but if your credit score is not there. So let's just dive into that just a, a tad further. So what, sure. what exactly did they, they tell you to do to help bump up your credit score? What did they, mm -hmm. they advise you to do? Sure. So what I thought, I, I'm not sure, but what I thought was good is how – I opened a credit card. I've had this credit card open for many, many years. Um, I would put $200 on it, and then um, I would pay off 150 so there was still sure. 50 remaining. And then I would put 300 on there and then pay off 200 Sure. And my lender suggested that I should be putting smaller things on there and then paying it off completely. Okay, sure. So what she had me do is I, I only had a remaining balance of like $185 on it at the sure. time. So she had me completely pay it off, so it went down to zero. Okay. And then I went to Kohl's, I bought a $30 dress, and then within the next week I paid it off. Then yep. the next day I went and 
bought groceries for $80, then I completely paid it off. Sure. So that is going to rack up your credit score way, way more. It shows that, yeah, you can fulfill your obli- exactly. obligations right away. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. And That's I good. always thought that you didn't have to pay it off completely, which, I mean, you don't necessarily have to. But if you sure. really, really want to bump that credit score yep. up, um, another thing that she told me is um, to ask my credit card company to raise my limit. Okay. Which I had no idea that that could do anything. Sure. But um, my, credit, my credit card was at a certain limit, and then I requested to raise it. They did raise it because of my good credit. Oh, sure. There you go. And okay. so it kind yep. of snowballs. It kind of builds. It, it, you're exactly. showing that you're dependable, that you're a good bill payer. Exactly. That, yeah, you can handle mm-hmm. having debt because that's really what happens when you buy a house. You're going to have an obligation now every mm-hmm. month. So you got to be able to show that you can pay that obligation every month and that you know if you if you do go to a bigger house that you can then afford to pay that that bigger payment that comes along with yes, it. So exactly. just showing your, your credit worthiness. So that's mm-hmm. good advice and things that, yeah, I don't think a lot of people really think about. Yeah, well, and I, I think, I mean, my parents always told me, just keep saving, just keep saving. Yep. And I, did, I forgot to focus on other things that sure. come with the home building process as well. Yep. Um, so but it is important that you do have to have money down because it's it's exactly. a lot harder when you have a lot of PMI and different mm-hmm. things when you're trying to build mm-hmm. or even buy an existing home. Right. You know, so you do want to have that money saved up mm-hmm. because it it definitely helps yeah. um, you know reduce your payment and you don't want to start paying a lot of extra costs right. in PMI or if you if you're borrowing you know ninety five or hundred percent of your mm-hmm. your cost of your home, you're also gonna pay a higher rate too. Right, exactly. And then it's costing you more money. So. And they do have first time home buyers programs that I mean there's some that are even as low as zero percent down. Sure. To three percent down to five percent down. But that does come with higher rates, like you said, um, and you're paying PMI. Yep. Um, and you, you But do, you're still better off to potentially do that than to, to be paying rent, to right? To keep paying rent, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's even, money out I the mean, window. Even if it goes up just a little bit, I mean, you you can do it. If someone really wants to buy a house, they can do it. Absolutely. Um, I have no doubt in my mind that if I can do it, someone else my age Absolutely. can do it. So. Absolutely. <laughs> You're doing very well. So thank, thank you, you so much for coming in today, Katie. I appreciate all thank the thanks for having me. perspective <laughs> from a millennial home buyer and a designer. Thank you. Um, so if you guys enjoyed this episode, please make sure that you subscribe to the Home Building Hero. So it's super simple. All you have to do is wherever you're listening to the podcast, just look for Home Building Hero and click the subscribe button and you'll get notified every time we drop a new episode. we got tons and tons of new content coming out. We've got lots of new product and design episodes coming up as well as some interviews. So make sure that you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. And if you haven't also already, you can engage with us. You can find us on Twitter at building underscore hero. So all lowercase, the word building, the little lower... uh, horizontal hash mark and hero so at building underscore hero you can uh, reach out to us on twitter or you can find us on the website homebuildinghero.com once again thank you for tuning in to the home building hero and we'll talk to you all very soon